Hello, it's time. It's time for another episode of that show where we get to meet a couple of amazing people, one amazing people per week usually, and uh, go through their records and go through their life stories. And this week we have in the studio two men responsible for innumerable hangovers in Sydney, and maybe yours, <laughs> definitely mine. And together they're responsible for Young Henry's microbrewery and the many delicious beers that are created in those hallowed halls, which are scattered around restaurants, bars, pubs and venues throughout Sydney's inner west and now beyond. Oscar Preston Stanley McMahon and the less grandiosely named Richard James Addison (laughs) are my guests today on Out of the Box. Rich and Oscar, welcome. Hey, how are you? (laughs) All right, so now your beer is brewed in like a sweet little industrial spot in the back streets of Newtown across from a yoga place now is, is yin and yang yeah exactly is there a great deal of crossover among a clientele you'd be surprised yeah, yeah there yeah. is some yes uh some people need a beer after a good stretch yeah come yeah. with their yoga mats and their yoga pants and mm. yep get smushed Indeed. yeah especially especially the um quite a few of the you know forward thinking inner west dads go have a stretch on a saturday morning come in grab a couple of growlers and head home it's it's <laughs> cool yeah it's the good life it's fitting Nice. All right, and we've got a lot of tracks today, and we're going to have to cull as we go because we've got too many, too many good things. So what kind of stuff can we expect through the next hour? Well, we've chosen a, a bunch of uh, tracks from the bands that we're playing for the Small World Festival, uh, which is happening on the 20th of September, uh, which we're very excited about. And uh, we also just plucked a, a song from Oscar's band, um, the Hell City Glamours, and One Way From The Vault <laughs> from mine, Blue Phoenix. <laughs> Fantastic. And so we're going to start off with Little Bastard and Crosses the Highway. Why this song? I, I actually really love this song. It's um, really a really nice tone of voice. It's, it's a song about, about playing in an independent band, about travelling up and down the Hume, you know, with, with your friends, playing music. It's really well written uh, as, as a song. And the, it's a really honest song. It's, you know... It's it's got a lot of heart, and I I I really really dig this song. All right, on FBI ninety four point five, got Rich and Oscar in here from Young Henry's, and here's Little Bastard. Bring you to my head 
faster Like some bets in bars Yes, wait down the hume Bust the crosses on the highway It ain't my time So I'm gonna stick it my way On FBI 94.5, a beautiful track from Little Bastard crosses on the highway brought in by my guests today, Rich and Oscar from Young Henry's. And Oscar, you relate to that song quite a bit. Is there a particular reason that it you know, sings to you? Uh, I, yeah, I've played in a touring, touring rock band for the last 13 years. Um, Hell City Glamours. Hell City Glamours. We actually just broke up last month, mm-hmm. um, played our last shows and released our last record. And uh, just the, the sentiments of, you know... Uh, the references to the Hume Highway, playing in an independent band, driving up and down, you know, this the East Coast, and which we have done for the last twelve years. It's so, just very, very reminiscent of some good times. And you guys have been together for so long. Did you say thirteen years? Thirteen, yeah. Th- it would have been thirteen years if we'd have made it to this month. <laughs> and what put it to bed for you guys? Why? Why did you shut up shop? Uh, it just as you you know a band that you start when you. 21 years old is quite a well fuck actually 19 years old it's <laughs> quite a, quite a different band to you know a bunch of 32 year olds I, I guess our, our our directions just shifted a little bit we we loved our band like really really passionately the whole time we've been in it and when that started shifting we just decided that it deserved to be put to rest and we just move on and do something new I, I remember talking to Oscar about this, and I said, "What's it like singing those songs that you wrote when you were nineteen? You know, is it still relevant to to how you feel today?" And it, um, I guess it was it nostalgia, or yeah, partly. One of the things I'm really proud of is that all all of our songs were written about something that we cared about, or felt, or pissed off, or you know, something you were sad about. So it was always a, a moment of truth from somewhere in our lives. So you can always stand by that, but. You know, yeah, some of the songs that that now we wrote as nineteen, <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be, you know. Well, yeah, now all your songs would be about brewing. If you were to <laughs> keep going, right. it'd be a pretty, pretty mono record. It would be very, very, very monastic, perhaps. Yeah, <laughs> some, some chanting, <laughs> lots of Gregorian chants. Start having to wear big, one of those big ties around your waist and a big coat. And I actually, I've yeah. actually got one on order. Really? Um, yeah, I've got to check the tracking numbers. I got it from eBay. You're not. You're not joking. I can see in your no, eyes. I'm joking. Oh, fantastic! <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I made Oscar choose this song because this is my favourite song on the on the new record. Do you want to say a little bit about this? Yeah, this this song is called "Find a Way," and I actually think this is the best. This is the best song that that we've written, and we're all really proud of it as a band. We actually, this song is about straight up our experiences playing in a in a rock and roll band and we wrote it together and this song is actually written for each other in a way so it's a really special song for us as well
the voice just then was of Oscar Preston Stanley McMahon. <laughs> Never going to drop your middle name while we're on air. <laughs> it's a good one. He's got a few. Well, actually, my, my full name is actually Oscar Nicholas Preston Stanley McMahon. What is the history behind that? Are they just all family members? No, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, my name's Oscar Nicholas, and my mum's last name is Preston Stanley, and my dad's last name is McMahon, and they've never married, so that's my name. <laughs> they just wanted to squish it all in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? Um, and so, Hell City Glamour's your band, and you know, you've, you've done a few other different little bits and bobs throughout your life. You've also been a model. I, I <laughs> did spend a small part of my life as a model. Which is something some people might not know about you. It's and- a hand model, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Old righty. <laughs> well, actually, you probably couldn't keep it up as a hand model if you're doing all bar work all the time. You get bar rod on your hands and stuff like that. It's Absolutely. not conducive and to then, your career. Then all the, br- the burns in the brewery would Absolutely. have been a very short career. So what, what gets hot in the brewery? What can you burn yourself on? Everything. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, well, we've got a very large kettle, you know, fits... Um, Two and a half thousand litres in a kettle, which boils generally at around 101, 102 degrees. Uh, so that's that's pretty hot. There's um, steam. Got a few things which are powered by steam. Um, hot water. There's all those, uh, all those cleaning chemicals too that are chem- uh, very good for your skin. Ah, uh, yes. yes. Clean, cleaning things under pressure. Full of chemicals. Lovely caustics. Exactly. All across the bar. Yeah. And when you guys are brewing, can you tell me a bit about what the perfect brewing soundtrack is like? Uh, it's something loud. And look, it's, a, it's a very much a mood thing. So uh, we go through phases. We, we, had, uh, we had Hair Rock Wednesdays that was uh, rocking for a while, <laughs> and it was all, all around, what was the song? Um, Hot Blooded. <laughs> Hot Blooded. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we, we, just... we, we went through a little bit of a... Um, a a Coltrane Monday morning phase for a while. Yeah, that's it's, Coltrane for me is raining, like a you know a, a, a wet a wet morning. Uh, we've got a, a tin roof too, so it's particularly loud if it's raining. And Coltrane always seems to go particularly well for that. Black Crows is always a favourite between the both of us. That's something we always agree on. Yeah, actually, in the brewery, there's very little that everybody agrees on. I yeah, think. yeah uh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> there's always arguments over the stereo. But, uh, uh, Rich, you're the head brewer at, that's your title, at Young Henry's. Does that mean you get particular control over the soundtrack? It, it does. Nice. Uh, I've come down and, and Pulled veto. revolted um, quite a few times, um, particularly reggae. <laughs> think that gets pulled very quickly. Production production goes down when you're listening to, listening to reggae. It's everyone, a rule. Ev- everyone just starts getting chilled, and mm. you can't have that. <laughs> Actually, Higher BPMs. Yeah, exa- exactly. You've got to listen to some, you know, Swedish techno or something like that. Oh god, oh, that wouldn't last twice very the long. That wouldn't, that wouldn't last very long at all. It, the beer would taste worse as well. I feel like you've got to, you know, you've got to actually match your taste to your drink a bit. It Absolutely. does, and I think that might be the secret of the brewery. Actually, the, the beer gets to listen to a lot of good music, and um, I think it comes through in the glass. Maybe you could actually write a little book about that and send it out to other breweries who aren't doing so well. You know, <laughs> make a mixtape, lullabies for your beer. What 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 music are you playing to your beer? <laughs> Are you thinking about it? Yeah, definitely. And so you, you're you in Hell City Glamours, and, well, you were in Hell City Glamours were, until yeah. a couple of months ago, and Rich, you were in a band too. That's right. How long were you guys together? Uh, so that was from probably about ages 17 to about 24, 26, so a while. Uh, look, and, and our lead singer, Hugh Wilson, was... Uh, was the pop sensation of the time. He um, he won the equivalent of The Voice, I think, so it was called Star Search. And uh, you know, signed to big management and big record label and all that sort of stuff. So we kind of thought we are on our way. That was going to be it. And then um, then reality set in. I think uh, we we weren't the pop little pop malleable people that um, the management thought we were. Uh, and Hugh particularly is a very you know is a very strong um, willed person and and. Didn't give much away in his lyrics either, so it wasn't necessarily boy meets girl. It was uh, he was on a on a deeper level, I see. Um, yeah. which uh, doesn't doesn't hit the airwaves the same way, I guess. Yeah, and yeah. I think I think bands like that would have learnt over time that those big labels didn't really suit and that didn't spell success. Did you kind of realise at a certain point that the having a big label didn't necessarily yeah, look, mean? I think, and, and look, this is something that Oscar and I talked a, a lot about, I guess, when we we're starting um, starting Young Henrys, is it's like let's let's just be proud of what we're doing let's um let's do it with conviction and soul and look success will come or it, it, it won't you know but let's be happy with what we're doing from the outset um and i think that's what you got to do when you when you're writing music as well um, don't just don't do it for 
and, and not that I'm pretty sure all the bands that we've chosen for this festival um, represent that they they're doing it because they love it. And um, by this festival, I guess I should mention it's Young Henry's Small World is a street festival that these guys have just decided to launch, and uh, a lot of the a lot of the bands are great: Tumbleweed, Snowdroppers, Delta Riggs, Little Bastard, etc. And you'll hear a few of those bands throughout the hour. But at the moment, we've got something from Rich's old band. Blue Phoenix. Yeah, so this is a song called She Said a Great Many Things. Uh, I didn't write this one. Um, it was written by Hugh and his brother Derek. Uh, I chose it because it probably was the most straightforward lyric that um, Hugh ever wrote. Um, a little bit of boy meets girl, boy, boy loses girl. Uh, so yeah, let's put it on and see what you think. said a great many things by Blue Phoenix, which is the head brewer of Young Henry's former band, Rich. Indeed. And you're the head brewer, but Oscar, you make up the puns. It's a match made in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, we, we, we always have a lot of fun uh, coming up with our beer names. And uh, a little, little while ago, someone asked me what my position was, and I said I was the chief intendant in charge of Pun t- punny titles, I think. <laughs> You've obviously read that somewhere. I actually haven't. You haven't? No, just gleaned it from before. Oh, there you and, go. And uh, so when, when you're coming up with a name for a beer, does it come first? Does it come last? Uh, it sometimes comes first. It sometimes comes very, very last moment. Yeah. And those ones where we usually argue <laughs> yeah. passionately back and forth. I think the last one I named, which was I Should Coco, was uh, very controversial in the brewery. No one understood what the hell I was talking about. Um, and I just went with it anyway. <laughs> no, 
yes. And when it when it has come first, when the the beer name has come first, can you tell us about one of those times? Yeah, I think uh, yeah, the mother shucker would be the example of that. So mother shucker, the, the mother shucker. Yeah, we, um, my mum is a massive oyster fan, and so we aptly nicknamed her the mother shucker. <laughs> and I was telling that to someone at. Uh, at a dinner party at Richard's place and one of Richard's mates, Al, says, you guys have got to name a beer, the mother shucker. And so we thought, you know what, that's a really good idea. And so it we had made oyster a, in it? Yeah, we Absolutely. made an oyster stout. Yeah. How does that? How does that even work? I mean, like I, I kind of can't imagine how with beers you can put you know real live ingredients in there and not make it feral. Well, if you think if you think of the nice flavours of a stout, you know, uh, that, that chocolatey sort of velvety thick. If you think of it like chocolate, you know, good good chocolate has a bitterness and it has almost like a salty character. So you actually use the oysters to create salt, mm-hmm. and yeah, it so balances out against those soft, so rich. quite quite briny, and then it's it's you know, sweet and salt always goes well together. And younger Henrys, you use a lot of native ingredients and native hops. Can how, is it hard, easy to find or hard to find native hops in Australia? So the hops we we use um, on a regular basis for our our standard beers are all grown in in Tasmania, and they um, I wouldn't call them native hops. They've been they they are um, local varietals, but they have sprung from probably European heritage. There is such thing as wild hops, um, but they're quite hard to get hold of. We did do a beer using hops grown in people's backyard uh, for TEDx. Uh, when the theme was grow it local, uh, and that was kind of fun because we had no idea what we were going to get our hands on. And it actually it actually turned out really differently to what we expected because the hops we usually get, are, you know, commercially grown and dried, whereas we just had all these different home brewers bringing in their their fresh, fr- you know, frozen in a freezer. Um, fresh frozen. Grown. You sound like you're fresh frozen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Freeze dried. What? <laughs> um, yeah, so so we got these, you know, non commercially grown backyard hops, and it actually really changed the flavour. So, what's the difference between, say, what Young Henry's does and what Tui's does in terms of having fresh ingredients? I guess. Well, look, it's you know, I I don't like talking about that sort of. You know, we choose the best ingredients because, <laughs> hell, if you're making a beer, you're going to try and choose the best ingredients. Um, I think it's probably more about probably more about heart. I think, um, and probably what we're talking about before. Um, we're not we're not brewing it for a mass market. We're brewing because we we love it, and thank God people want to drink it. Mm. But yeah, it, it's that, that old adage. You know, if if you make something that you love, someone else will love it too. Yeah. And is it hard to replicate a beer once you've made it if you're a craft brewery? Yeah, yeah. Look, it is, and there's something that we're we're you know we're working on constantly to um, to you know, there's a little bit of batch variation. Um, we've just got a new brewery too, so we're still kind of learning the pans on this one. Mm. Um, but uh, we're getting better as we as we get older, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask you a bit about the history of beer? Actually, I, I don't really know where it originates. Uh, so it's said to be uh, Egypt. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was liquid bread, uh, so I guess during the like the, the, the baker's job was also the brewer's job. I'm pretty sure what happened was that they uh, someone wet some grain malt and it, it turned out you know, sweet, and they thought this was awesome, this awesome sweet liquid. Let's store some of this, and then as by magic, yeast got in there and, can, and turned it into beer. And they came back and sampled it. It tasted a little bit different, but it had a slightly different effect I'm sure as well and uh, I reckon they thought it was a gift from the gods There is a theory that agriculture actually started because of beer and not because of uh, you know making of bread I'm pretty sure that's true Oscar So yeah. so agriculture formed around breweries not around towns Well towns formed around beer Interesting Yeah That's that's really new to me Well what what would inspire you to you know put down roots and build a house. Yeah, the only time I've really wanted to settle down is when I found a good local. So exactly. Makes sense. Indeed. All right, we've got a track to take now from Steve Smythe. Shake it. Why this track? Uh, well, Stevie uh, is a good mate of ours. Um, his his brother Jake is the owner of Mary's, and Mary's are going to be slinging some um, fried chicken, some burgers, I think, for uh, for the festival. Um, and look, this this guy's going to go far. He's got a, an amazing voice. It's um, it's he's got the baritone, I think, of Jim Morrison, and then he can go and do falsetto like you know Jeff Buckley. It's incredible. 
On FBI 94.5, that's Rich speaking just there, and also Oscar from Young Henry's in the studio with me, and here is Steve Smythe. You're right, he has a great voice. Steve Smythe right there. And in the studio with me today is Rich and Oscar from Young Henry's. And how did you guys meet? Over a bar. Over a bar. It's fitting, isn't it? Oscar was working at my local uh, and... It didn't take too long to uh, for us to realise we you know we, we love music and we love beer and I think I said to Oscar, I want to open a bar and he said so do I. Um, that bar turned into a brewery. <laughs> <laughs> didn't go quite to plan, but a bit better than planned. I That's guess. right. It worked out. And so, how did the idea for Young Henry's germinate? I actually I was actually thinking about this the other day. I, I remember that Rich was working for um, Barons Barons Brewery. Um, at the time that we we first met, and one of the poignant things which which sticks out from that time with you know many late nights you know lock ins at the Roxbury you know after beer oh, we club. never did that we never, ne- did, never that. did that no. of course uh, and I, but I remember one time you you said that you wished you were able to be more in contact with people enjoying the beer you make, and I think that that 
<clears throat> that was definitely rich, one of the things that Rich felt was missing from his life at Barron's. And I think that that's probably the one of the the things which is we, we've stayed true to in Young Henry's is that is wanting to be in contact with the people that enjoy the beer, you know, that direct community thing. And the physical setup of the place is such that you can buy a beer and you guys are physically there and you can see the, what do you call them, like the silo-looking things yeah, in the, the background. F- the fermenters. The fermenters yeah. in the background. So it's worked out pretty well then. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And where did the name Young Henry's come from? Uh, so that was Oscar's idea. I'm, I'm not taking any responsibility for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess I've got to take a sum. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you definitely do. Uh, Rich has a son called Henry. And when, we, when back in the early days when we were working on... Um, the the idea for the business uh, Henry would always be at the meetings I th- I think I said one time oh we should call it Young Henry's because he's the you know the third shareholder <laughs> and it just we kind of kept it as a I guess a working title we we really liked it and then other people just really liked it and so it just it stuck yeah it's definitely got some sort of you know visual aspects to the name a lot of yeah it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people and that's kind of cool yeah you were saying before that it. Some people connect it with a kind of British relation to beer. <clears throat> Absolutely. Uh, we had a meeting with this marketing guy one time, and he said, oh, look, we, we know why you've chose the name. You know, Henry being a classical English name, like the classical you know, heritage of brewing, and Young being a young, fresh, new take on it. It's like, wow, okay, that's one that's, way to... That's exactly what we did. If only we were that clever. Yeah, we're talking about marketing before, and I think it's about... Um, Again, it's about being genuine and honest, and there's there's no smoke and mirrors going on here. Um, we're not stealing provenance from a, a uh, particular like place, or we're not taking an historical character and you know putting that as the face of the of the beer that we have no connection with. It's uh, it's which is done quite often. It's a lot of beers. That's hmm. that is yeah. yeah. We've called it a lot of beers, and by just by saying that, um, <laughs> make myself very unpopular in the in in the the brewing marketing game um but i think it's just lazy marketing um you need to build your you know you need to tell your story what what, what you're about and be genuine about it yeah and, it needs um, to be about 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 you yeah not about you know some f- fictitious character that may or may have brewed at one stage mm. and what's one of the ways in which you've done that in, in one of the ways in which you've actually been able to tell a story with beer well i think we tell tell stories with a lot of the beers we made, I think the the most literal sense of that, and I hate using that word um, incorrectly, <laughs> <laughs> but I think this is the right time to use it, was when uh, we were doing a beer with Peter Fenton from Crow, and he actually wrote a, a manifesto of what he wanted the beer to be. Um, it was like a spoken word piece. Uh, I remember we sat down with him on the brew day, and he, he, he pretty much performed it to Oscar and I, and we were kind of blown away. Um, it was really cool. You know, really like cool. Smoky King Street at night with, uh, you know, the rain falling on the road and the tales of the Kajigal people, yeah. um, you know. With down, the, down the down the shiny black tar of the King Street River or whatever it was. Yeah, it was uh, really and it cool. just, it, it evoked a lot to us. Um, and we we tried to tell that story in the in the beer. And so you're, you're going back to the, you're going to the drawing board with a manifesto. How are you turning these things into flavours? Yeah, I guess we we're, were talking about this earlier too. So, given our our background, uh, Oscar and I talk a lot of a lot of time about flavors in in musical terms. So, we'll say a um, you know the the multi bass notes or the high treble notes of the hops. Um, so, I guess that common language that we have helps us to work with with musicians. And we're saying I think we're saying before too that that music is a very ethereal thing. So, quite often you have to develop a language with people you're working with when you're when you're in a band and talking about you know this this particular track sounds a bit purple or something like that if we we seem to find our own our own language i i think that uh that that you know at, at young and henry's we've sort of fostered our own sort of terminologies and our own way of discussing things you know in-house i i <laughs> I think that a lot of brewers coming from other breweries would come in and go, what the hell are you guys, what are you talking, are you talking about? about? <laughs> you sound like a bunch of morons. <laughs> well, if you're, you're going to sound like a bunch of morons about it, then um, we've got a track from the Snowdroppers. How would you describe this song? I'd, well, I'd describe the Snowdroppers as a lovely bunch of morons. <laughs> 
they're, they're good friends of ours. Um, this this song is a, uh, called So Much Better. It's a really fun, sort of tongue-in-cheek song about uh, a relationship, and I really like this because um, Jeremy's songwriting is really... It's come a long way uh, on, onto this second record, and he's, uh, I don't know, just got a really nice, honest, playful way with words and I think it's a really great great track that showcases that Fantastic and we've got a language warning on this one I do believe These days you know just what to say When I'm feeling down Nobody else knows just quite how to kick me When I'm on the ground No one can care for me like you do But it also works for we got so much better Making each other feel worse What a tangled whip Words can weave Yeah, they truly come alive They're crawling through my ears And then lay it behind my eyes You hurt the ones you love And then you love the ones you hurt We got so much better There's a pit at the bottom of my stomach that's been skillfully carved out. Love the way your lips, your lips look, just as you're about to shout. When you cut me down these days, it's just so beautifully rehearsed. We got so much better, making each other feel worse. We got so much better, making each other feel worse. Australian in that song there, Snowdroppers, and uh, we were just chatting about that during the track, the the actual Aussiness of his voice. What does that kind of indicate to you? I, th- I think that uh, his his writing has become really has become a lot more honest, uh, and I think that he's uh, the Snowdroppers are actually really proudly Australian. They don't want to be. They don't want anyone to think that they're from anywhere else. And I think on this record, he made a really conscious decision to 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 sing in an Australian accent and you know bring through a little bit of that ocherness that you know a bunch of boys going out on the road and getting pissed together. You know, it it does become a little bit of an ocher scenario. Yeah, you're saying that it's it's more difficult to sing with an Australian accent. Yeah, Australians shorten vowels, so if you're singing and you want to actually you know, elongate the end of a line by slipping into an American accent or a slightly American accent, you can actually extend the the last notes a lot easier. So is there a kind of relationship between the the landscape, I guess, and the 
the way you sound. Yeah, I was, I was, Hugh, uh, the singer in my band, always believed that there was the accent was is influenced by the landscape of the country. So the reasons Aussies trying to talk through their nose was because they didn't want to get flies in their mouths. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that. I, I think that's actually scientifically proven somewhere. I read, I read it online. Oh, sorry, speaking of landscape, influencing a craft, I guess, like music. How does Australia influence your beer? Well, uh, very good question. Like I, I, it's something that I'm uh, very conscious of that I, I don't see the point in just aping a beer style. So let's do a German wheat beer or something like that. We've got to, we've got to, sh- we've got to do something that's generally Australian. And I think we're trying to do that with with Australian hops and, and Australian ingredients, but also. It, it's got to fit into a landscape of, of beer that we, that's available and, and makes sense. Um, and we we try to well, that's what we try to do. So the the kind of craft beer scene in Sydney has basically skyrocketed from at least what I can see over the past few years. And the small bar industry, have you guys kind of grown up together? Yeah, I believe so. Um, I think we're very fortunate that um, we came along with the with a small bar uh, liquor license because the small bars wanted to do something different and um, but you know in doing that they supported craft beer and, and put those on their taps but they also saw they also saw us as you know the small bar to the monolithic pub is the same of what we are compared to Lion Nathan or Carlton so I think they saw a little bit of a kinship and that really helped us out because we were a small you know, we were a small business trying to make a go, and they, you know, these small bars—they're all small businesses trying to make a go. So we actually had a, a parallel, and we, we worked. You know, it, it it worked. It was great. And the business in question we're talking about here in FBI ninety four point five is Young Henry's, and I've got Rich and Oscar, who are the brewers there who started Young Henry's in the studio with me today. And you guys, you guys seem to grow really quickly for a microbrewery. Is it, is, did you grow particularly quickly? It, it took us by surprise. It's been pretty pretty mental. Um, so I think it was like I think it was just a, a couple of good, a couple of things. I think um, being in Newtown uh, certainly helps because you know, Newtown just seemed to spring up around us at the same time. There's there's some really exciting things happening there um, in the food scene and the small bar scene. But also um, Newtown people. They love things from their backyard, and they support things from their backyard. They support their local coffee shops, their local growers, their yeah. local brewers, and it's you know they've they've helped us massively. And was it easy to keep up with demand? No, uh, no, we we str- we we struggle week to week to to meet demand. Um, so sorry, sorry about that, guys. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> we should be probably back at the brewery making some beer rather than having a chat. Uh, <laughs> Our deliveries are often late. I see. Yeah. So often, often upside down glasses over beer taps. Uh, we, we try to, we try, we really try to, avoid, try to that. avoid that. Yeah. Yeah. And so you, you take Young Henry's and you put it in beer taps all over Sydney. Are you particularly picky where it goes? Yes. Yeah. What do you look for? Uh, well, I guess we look for that, that passion again. So that it's the, the person behind the bar is our best salesperson. Um, they've got to, you know, they've got to be proud of what they're doing. They've got to maintain the beer lines. Um, you know, that's so many times you, you know, we spend a lot of effort making good beer and it's so disappointing when you, you go to the, you know, that the, it just breaks down at the last moment and the taps are, taps are dirty and it, it tastes, tastes horrible, you mm. know. So that's something that we're very conscious of. And so do you go into bars and sit there and sleuth it out and see if it's worthy? <sighs> It's, look, it's one of those things. We, we actually, when we're talking to to a bar that is considering putting our beer on, it's actually one of the things they're they're interviewing us, but we're sort of feeling them out as well. You know, we we ask, how often do you clean your lines? You know, how because it, it's important. There's no point us just selling beer to someone that isn't going to maintain the cleanliness of their lines, so that our beer just tastes bad and people think that you know they buy one Young Henry's, they taste it, they go, oh, they're never going to dry that again. Mm. You know, it, it has to be a two-way relationship. They have to look after us as much as we have to look after them. And just a moment ago, we had something from Snowdroppers on your radio, and now we've got one from True Vibe Nation. It's a kind of a bit of Australianness that ties them together, but this is Aussie hip-hop. And what are your feelings on Aussie hip-hop at the moment? Yeah, look, I, I think it's um, it's pretty much getting its own kind of genre now. Um, it's not... 
you know, I think early days there was a lot of suspicion about Aussie hip hop. It was kind of like, what are, what are these guys doing? Like, kind of rapping in American accents, aping that sort of American style. Um, and I think it's got its own style now, um, which is fantastic to see. Look, big village guys, big up to the big village guys. Love these guys. Um, true vibes. Uh, to me, True Vibe Nation is uh, is such a such an Australian story, and it's a it's an immigrant story. Um, you know, these 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 guys are from all different parts of the world, living in Australia, um, doing this um, amazing sort of crossover style. Yeah, really eclectic. Yeah, it's it, it's really cool. You know, I think it's it is sort of a little bit genre bending. You know, they've got a few different influences, and but they they've got their own sound. They mould it together really well. As a couple of pun enthusiasts, I'm sure you appreciate the name of this track. It's called "Dressed to Chill." Yeah. Some people get dressed to kill, but not me, I'm just dressed to chill. Cause I got my favorite sunnies, I can feel it, that they're coming my way. get dressed to kill, but not me, I'm just dressed to chill. Cause I got my favorite sunnies, I can feel it, that they're coming but shut on, there's no rolling up my sleeves today. Let go of my troubles, cause I know I got the seas today. The sun is out, the perfect amount of degrees today. Feeling right, put my drinks and ice and let them freeze away. Today we're chilling, fulfilling our dreams of living nice. We're feeling brilliant, like we're winning in the game of life. Never see a mates enough, we're ready for the day off. And these are the ingredients, good memories are made of. So we host a party, toast to show the win is over. Orchestrate a place to harmonize, they call me the composer. Coast to coast, it's any sober dog is blown with no composure. So we go to where the don't hang like indecent exposure <laughs> Nothing but good vibes So high I got the funny grin Red eyes behind my sunny tin I'm tired but money's coming in No stress, feeling vanity free I'm kicking back and I'm glad to be me And I see Some people get dressed to kill And not me, I'm just dressed to chill Cause I got my favorite sunny I can feel a birthday coming So when you get dressed to kill But not me, I'm just dressed to chill Crazy night, if only I could just remember. I wake and bake and hail another drizzle. Watch the ember flood and moves on my agenda like the number one contender. My mission's very urgent, but some would say it's anxiety. Knowing I can't be perfect forever, unsatisfied with me. Pressure from society had me trying to please everybody else. Till I realized what I was trying to reach was right there inside of me. And nobody else can decide what's right for me. I'm chilling with my G's and sipping some iced tea. So put your shades on, go and put your shades on. We're just doing what we do best. Never do what they tell you and forget all the rest. Getting attention like I had some double D's on my chest. And did I mention my music is like a weapon that's pointing in the direction of everything I was stressing, I guess. Really, this is just what we do. Every single weekend when we're free. Living carefree like we were in free school. The day is hot as hell, but still I'll be. It's true vibe nation. <laughs> can't, we can't have that on the air. Oh dear. <laughs> Won't somebody think of the children? Brought in by my guest today, the fellas from Young Henry's. Oh, it's yeah, Oscar and Rich. <laughs> <laughs> and it is entirely their fault. I, I don't have time to canvas these songs before they go on air. <laughs> 
But yeah, that was a fantastic one from True Vibe Nation, who you are having on board to do a festival called Young Henry's Small World. It's a street festival in... We, we were talking about this a moment ago. We don't know the name. We don't know how to pronounce it, but it's a street in Marrickville called... Jabez. Jabez. Jabez? Yabez. Yabez. Yabez Street. Yabez Street. I like it. Jabez Street, mate. Yeah. Jabez. All right. Yeah. Cool. Well, either way, you'll be able to find your way there, I'm sure. And uh, so I just wanted to ask you, you know, when you were in that careers moment, when you're at your high school and they're telling you, you know, what, what you're going to do when you're older, how to get into uni and stuff like that, were you guys thinking anything about brewing? I was going to play in a band. Yeah. That's what I was going to do. Um, I ended up working in IT and then becoming a brewer. So uh, there is no master plan, I think. Yeah. I had um, no idea. I, I wanted to take a couple of years off after high school and just skateboard. Smart. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good career move. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know what? I had a great time doing it. <laughs> nice. And so I want to ask you about the, you know, the brewers in Sydney. Is it more competitivity or comradeship? Uh, definitely um, camaraderie between the um, the the small brewers. Uh, look, we you know we borrow each other's pieces of equipment, um, get some ingredients that you might be missing. We make beers together. Make beers together. Nice. It's us versus the rest of the world. Yeah, it's a bit of a community, and that's, I think that's what I like about Young Henry's Small World, a street festival that's going to be coming up on September the twentieth. It's it's all ba- bands from the community and a lot of. Uh, foodies from the communities can you tell us a bit about the food side of things yeah we um we've got our friends from porteno uh, bloodwood mary's and cornersmith in marrickville they're all coming in and uh doing a specific food offering for the festival that's going to be really exciting they're all going to be cooking outside um we've also got 12 local artists who are going to be doing um doing big canvases Right, right down the expanse of the festival on the day. The whole idea for Small World is, is actually all of the stuff that comes out of the inner west that inspires us, and that's the music, the art, and the food, you know, the coffee, all the reasons that the inner west is the chosen home of so many people. You know, we, we, we love it. It's, we're really passionate about it. And Small World, I guess, is our way of celebrating that. And um, please come. <laughs> it's, a, it's a it's a it's a it's a good street to do it into. It's got it's got that juxtaposition, I think, of um of the industrial sort of uh, heart of Marrickville with this these beautiful huge trees that go all the way down the street, um, which will give us a nice nice vibe. Gorgeous. We've got more stuff about the festival on the programs and playlist page. Heaps of stuff on there about it. And uh, so Tumbleweed, The Snowdroppers, Little Bastard, True Vibe Nation, Steve Smythe, Pat Carpocci, The Upskirts, Richard In Your Mind, Bloods and Royal Tennyson are going to be playing on that day. And tickets are 65 bucks. Was it 65? 59. 59 plus a booking fee. 59 plus booking fee be 60-something. Let's go for 65. Yeah, <laughs> 65 sounds pretty good. Yeah. All right. We'll That's a bargain. <laughs> and... So we've got a track to take from one of the guys on the lineup, one of the bands on the lineup, I should say, Delta Riggs. But before we go to that, I'd like to ask you something that has been sent in by a couple of texters. What even is hops? What even is hops? Uh, so hops is the the bittering um, component of the beer. So beer's made from malted barley, and that has a residual sweetness. So to balance out that sweetness, we, we use hops. Hops grow on vines, not vines, but vines. Um, they're the same family as marijuana. Um, if you believed in a god, you might say he's trying to tell us something. Um, <laughs> Is that has there ever been a weed beer? Oh, yeah, tumbleweed would, would would probably want us to make it make, make <laughs> us to make it. I don't think we could do that, unfortunately, guys. The tumbleweed beer. Yeah, you can't make beer yeah. with one. You can't smoke the other. <laughs> <laughs> they're specific. You know? I see. I won't. won't say what I was going to say because it's community (laughs) radio and what we're going to do instead is put on a great song by a great band the Delta Riggs now why this track Uh, this is my favourite song of theirs at the moment their their new album's killer Um, sorry guys I'm going to play an old track though because it's I, I always go back to this song America thanks guys for coming on FBI Radio an absolute pleasure thanks for having us cheers thanks for having us
makes me feel right well If it takes me all night all I'm gonna take up from another Out of the Box. Meet people through their music. With Ash Bertabez on FBI.